Pirates versus Tyrants. This is the Tom Wren Show, where we practice piracy on the enemies of freedom and liberty. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, I got to tell you, uh, every day you kind of look at the news and you look at the this and you look at the that and you try and decide, what am I going to talk to people about today? What kind of stuff are we going to discuss? There's always something important to think about. And, uh, you know, we got to make sure that it's relevant. We got to make sure it's good and hopefully at least somewhat entertaining. Well, today I was looking and I was looking through and I uh, was thinking, well, I've really been kind of going over the same stuff, the same stuff, same stuff in a lot of ways. And I've had to because there's not a whole lot more important than things like the jabs, which are killing everybody. You know, the racism, the riots, the stuff that we're doing to sow in this division, the United States, uh, you know, some of these issues. But, you know, I found this article today and I want to open up with this one, right? Because it's a little bit different, kind of a different take on things. I want to talk about cake. I love cupcakes. I love baking cupcakes. I love making cupcakes. I love cakes, period. That's awesome. I'm a terrible baker, though. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just not a good thing. But I still enjoy it, right? So, uh, cake aside, uh, why? What am I talking about here? Well, I'm talking about the cake artist, right? Does anybody remember Jack Phillips? Jack Phillips was uh, the Colorado cake guy. And uh, he was a guy who, I don't know, it's been probably a decade or so now. He uh, he didn't want to bake a cake for a uh, gay wedding. Okay. So before I go any farther, let me just lay out where I stand on this. You do you. I'll do me. I don't care what you do. Stay out of my face and, you know, and we're all good, right? So I don't care about the gay straight thing too much i figure that that's between two people their bedroom door and god and i beyond that i just don't care you do what you gotta do that said uh, i do think that the law related to this is a really interesting thing and that you know i got that lawyer thing going on right uh, i think that the law going back a couple decades was really missing some things uh, from a practical standpoint if you're in a relationship with someone for 20, 30, 40 years and uh, they're dying and they're in the ER and you can't go see them because your uh, relationship isn't recognized under the law, well, that's that seems ridiculous to me, right? And if you're, uh, you know, two people who've been living together as a as a couple in a relationship for 20 years and you know you die intestate or whatever well i you know the the law ought to recognize that there's something going on there and we we need a way to deal with things in the law that is well simply a common sense right right i understand that the the percentage of people that are gay by population is not a real high percentage but it doesn't matter you still got to make sure that there's you know, the law that makes sense with related to the people who find themselves in that situation. So gay or straight, you know, I mean, I think you got to have these these mechanisms. That's the point of law. That's why we do these things. So we started passing some of these law. Now, an interesting thing happened. 
So we we had a big stink that was created about gay marriage. Okay, the gay marriage laws weren't were. I mean, it was really an interesting thing as a lawyer, right? So when I watched this this gay marriage stuff occurring, I watched is something that had traditionally been a state's right issue became something that was recognized as a federal uh, fundamental right on some levels and how that shifted. And it was really, it was all done in the courts, right? This was a court thing. This wasn't a constitutional change. It wasn't anything that had changed uh, since the, the writing of the constitution. It was just that the courts decided that it was time to interpret the constitution differently where it was no longer a state's rights issue, but rather a federal issue. So that happened. And uh, there was kind of this push for recognition of gay rights in the law across the board okay so fast forward and uh there there was progression of these rights so the rights for gay people under the law were continually developing and evolving and uh expanding we fast forward to 2012 and we start seeing where those rights uh, that were you know, recognized only a few years earlier were continued, continuing to be pushed. And we saw uh, this, this Jack Phillips who decided that, you know, listen, uh, you know, we got all these different laws allowing this, allowing that. He said, but he felt that he could not bake a wedding cake uh, you know, to celebrate a, a gay nuptial. He felt it was against his religion, felt it was wrong, and so he couldn't do that. And so then we had this really interesting situation because the courts had started to recognize gay marriage as a constitutional, a federal right, rather than a state. And, uh, you know, this guy is saying, well, listen, uh, my free speech and my my religious freedom rights say, I, you know, I don't have to do this. Now, when we look at the Constitution— as it was written and as it was meant to be interpreted, it was a pretty finely balanced thing, right? There were a few things that the federal government could do and everything else was reserved for the states or the people. Now, the, the courts long ago decided that the Ninth Amendment is meaningless. They've essentially said, you know, we don't really care what that says. That's just not all that important. Uh but over the course of the past few decades, there have really been a lot of back and forth on the Tenth Amendment. Uh, right now, we're seeing a move, I would say, in the Supreme Court to move uh, more towards states' rights and away from federal. But in any event, uh, no court in quite some time has really moved towards individual rights. That aside, you know, Tenth Amendment has gained some favor in recent years which is you know where we saw the Roe v. Wade ruling, the Dobbs Mississippi case, you know, where it overturned Roe v. Wade, uh, recognizing that these were state powers. And when that happened, there was also a lot of discussion about, well, you know, what are they going to get rid of gay marriage? Well, the reason that there was discussed was that was traditionally a state's rights issue. But going back to, to Mr. Phillips, Mr. Phillips said, listen, I don't care whether you tell me that these guys have a right to get married. I don't care whether they do get married. I'm not baking a cake for them because I don't think it's right. And whether you like Mr. Phillips' opinion or not is irrelevant. What is 
critical here is to talk about that First Amendment. Now, the First Amendment's pretty clear. It says that you can you get free free speech, free religion, those sorts of things, right? In fact, let me read this to you. This is the First Amendment of the United States Constitution, Amendment Number One of the Bill of Rights. Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. Okay, so no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging freedom of speech. That seems pretty clear. You just can't pass any laws on that. If you want to say something, you can say it. You can't force it. can't change it. It's free. Freedom, right? So it's free for you to speak or not to speak or how you want to speak, whatever. And that's all, that's all grand and great. Well, when the SCOTUS eventually ruled on, on uh, Jack Phillips' case, uh, he ended up not being required to bake the cake for the gay wedding. But they did it in a very, very, very narrow way. And I'm not going to get into all the details because it'll be three more segments and put you all to sleep. And I'm already kind of in the weeds on the law stuff here. But when a court makes a ruling like this, it's said to be either narrow or broadly construed, right? So the, the ruling in this was very, very narrow. They found a little tiny niche that they carved out that gave this guy an excuse to not have to bake this cake. Well, they, they wrote it so narrowly that as soon as as soon as he got done uh, with the case, uh, the LGBT activist type folks uh, decided that they were going to come and ask him to do something else. And so they started uh, asking him to bake, a, I believe the, the latest is to bake a transgender cake. And he didn't want to do that either. Right. So he this guy's been through harassment forever because they won't just leave him alone and they won't respect his his religious rights now yeah this would be the equivalent to going to a muslim cartoonist and asking them to draw you a picture of muhammad it's prohibited by their faith you can't ask them to do that they aren't going to do it and they shouldn't have to if a uh, if a muslim cartoonist is you know, drawing cartoons and you want to hire him and he draws cartoons for a living should he be forced to draw a picture of the Prophet Muhammad, even though that it's very clearly barred by the Islamic faith? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That is the First Amendment. Well, why is this guy still getting sued and drug around through the courts and this, that, and other for not wanting to make a transgender case, a cake? The guy made it real clear. He's just not into that aspect of things in his religious views. So I don't care whether you like Jack Phillips' views. You got to admire the fact that this guy is standing up for what he believes in. And I do admire that. And I am a Christian and can appreciate his perspective on this. Uh, whether or not I agree with him entirely is irrelevant. I appreciate his perspective. And I am very, very proud that he's got the courage to stand up for what he believes in. And he should be left alone because he's right. We have a First Amendment for a reason. Now, the problem is, is that back in whenever it was, 2012 or so, that, that uh, Jack Phillips created this cake 
and had this case and had all this stuff or didn't create the cake, whatever. Uh, because the Supreme Court narrow, narrowly ruled on this, they didn't really get to the crux of the issue. The real issue here is, did Jack have the right to say, hell no, my faith trumps your desire for me to approve your lifestyle? And that's really what this comes down to. Well, the, the First Amendment's clear as day on that. I mean, it is absolutely clear. You can't force it. And any civil rights laws that Colorado creates cannot, cannot uh, they can't trump that. They just can't. Now, if they're under some, some other law that I is frankly a bit suspect, you know, the Supreme Court's decided that substantive rights can be limited uh, under certain, if they meet, it meets certain thresholds. Uh, strict scrutiny would be the, the applicable threshold here, which means that it's necessary to serve a compelling government interest. So that's where you see things like you can't, uh, you can't, uh, oh, I don't know. You, you can't, you can't tell someone that you're going to shoot them uh, while carrying a gun unless you want to be uh, arrested. Uh, I mean, uh, if you, they have a good faith belief that you're going to actually do it, you know, they have a, that could be criminal. Um, there are limitations to what you say, but there's got to it's got to be necessary to serve a compelling government's a governmental interest, right? So, listen, this is real clear. They should have just said, listen, this guy, Jack Phillips, was absolutely within his rights. Uh, you know, he says freedom of religion. You can't you can't push religion one way or another. This guy's real clear. And, you know, if if the First Amendment isn't enough, we also have the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which makes it even more clear that not only does the First Amendment say what it is, but Congress intends for the courts to interpret it strictly. So, you know, this is real clear, but they they dodge it. So this poor guy has been dealing with this now for over a decade. And it's just been thing after thing after thing. And frankly, it's interesting to me because while this guy's doing this, we have courts sanctioning lawyers for bringing good faith cases on election issues where there's legitimate evidence and there's no established law. And yet these guys are getting sanctioned. But I don't see any lawyers getting sanctioned in this in this uh, Colorado case or in any of these other cases where it's quite clear that the First Amendment's plain language governs. At the same time all this is happening, the Supreme Court is now getting ready to decide on another case, 303 Creative LLC v. Alinas. Now, this is another free speech, uh, free religion, public accommodation case, right? And in this case, we have a uh, website creator who doesn't want to create, uh, you know, custom websites for weddings for gay couples, Again, in Colorado, same place as uh, Jack and his his uh, wedding cake thing. You know, they've got the Colorado Anti-Discrimination Act. And, you know, this, this, uh, this lady who, who does these websites, I believe her name is Lori Smith, says, you know, listen, I'm not, I don't believe in gay marriage. It's wrong in my, under my faith. And so I don't have to do it. Now, let's. Going back to the beginning here, remember, there's a huge difference between my faith and the law. As a lawyer, 
My job is to deal with law, but my law, my law and the way I view it always in my case is subservient to my faith, right? Faith first. Uh, but they are different and you have to distinguish them. So in this case, we got to look at the law and then we got to also consider the faith because in this case, the faith and the law are tied together. I'm going to tell you a lot more about the faith and the law on this case. When I get back, we got to take a little break here. Uh, but I'm going to tell you before the break to get yourself some Cofix and uh, use it. Like right now, I'm starting to feel a cold come on. So I think I'm going to be using some Cofix tonight uh, because I don't have time to be sick. Uh, it just, it's a terrible thing. So, you know, you just clean out your sinuses, you use your Cofix. I'll, I'll crank up my Genesis HOCL, make sure nobody catches any germs. I think, I, you know, my, my plague children brought it home from their plague school. Uh, you know, the, the children, you know, God bless my kids. I love them, but a little bit like rats, they carry the plague. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love my kids. Use out loud code at checkout when you're buying, buying your Cofix. It'll support our network. It'll support what we're doing. And uh, it'll be get you a discount at the same time. So get yourself some Cofix. We'll be right back. I'm going to tell you more about 303 Creative. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well... We heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com, where we're healing America one person at a time. Okay, welcome back. So we were talking about 303 Creative versus Ellenus and uh, this whole mess that we have in the law. And I'm actually going somewhere with this, right? There's a reason I'm telling you all about this, but I haven't gotten that far. I want to use at least the first you know, 20 minutes, half hour of the show to put everyone to sleep before I got to the punchline. That way you can miss it, right? So more rambling. This law stuff is, uh, it's interesting to me. I, you know, I mean, it's kind of what I do, but uh, anyways, and I'm trying to simplify this. There's an awful lot of depth to some of this, but I'm simplifying it for a reason. And I'll get to that in a second too. So yeah, within this case, we've got uh, Lori Smith, who much like uh, Mr. Phillips, 
says, you know, listen, I, I can't do this on this whole gay marriage thing because it's just not my thing. It's it's against my religion and you can't make me speak about it or express it. You know, I mean, if you're going to make me make a website, uh, that's essentially, uh, you know, forcing me to speak or to adopt this against my faith. And so the Supreme Court's got another bite at the apple. It's a very similar issue. It's not, you know, I don't know if it's being framed exactly the same way. But the issue at the core here is really pretty straightforward to my mind. Now, as a lawyer, I can go into all the details of this, and I can talk to you about different approaches to analyzing different aspects of free speech and free expression and religious belief, and we can get into all of that nifty lawyery stuff, and I can put you to sleep even quicker. But I think what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to read this again. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech. Okay. Let me go back to 303. We've got Lori Smith, who doesn't want to uh, to to make this website for these people because he feels or she feels like it's against her religion. Colorado passes CATA, this anti-discrimination act, right? It says you got you got public accommodation for people who are whatever gender or sex or whatever, and that, yeah, it's fine. It's a laudable law, I'm sure. Uh, but but Lori says, listen. In my case, I can't do it. It's against my religion. Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. This isn't complicated, folks. The lawyers are going to play this uh, this game, and they're going to talk about all the complexity of this, and they're going to convince each other how nuanced this argument should be and how deep and meaningful. But this isn't complicated. The plain language of the First Amendment says, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Okay? First Amendment applies to the states. Real simple, it does. And so, CADA is prohibiting the free exercise thereof in her case. As it pertains to this. It's not complicated, right? This lady says it's against my religion to do this. You can't pass a law that's going to prohibit the free exercise of her religion. It's just, real, it's just that simple. There is no need for this to be so overly complicated. This could be handled in a one-page one ruling where I'm sure you'd have a couple of justices dissent with 100 pages of garbage. But it's a real simple thing, and it shouldn't be complicated. But... This is the point, right? This is why I'm bringing up the cake. This is why I'm bringing up uh, the cupcake baker guy and uh, Lori and all these people. And we're talking about all this deep, complex law. The courts have lost their way in a lot of fronts, right? This is my opinion as an attorney. I believe that the courts have, have lost sight of the origins of our our law and our nation and our founding in many ways and it's a, we're kind of a victim of our own i guess of our own work in some ways you know the 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 role of an attorney is to help the courts apply the law to a given set of facts and to get to truth in a case 
And in the meantime, the attorney's got to advocate for the person who is hired them to do that. So they they present the law and the facts in light most favorable to their their client. And uh, you got a battle. And somewhere along the line, you, you run across an attorney who's absolutely brilliant. There's a lot of them. I've ran into some very, very, very brilliant attorneys. And they say, well, look at the law says this. There's a loophole. And then they talk about the loophole and they leverage the loophole. And the loophole is a loophole, right? So it's not the intent of the law. It's not the, the plain meaning of the law. It's a loophole in the law. And those loopholes can come in all sorts of different forms. But you get a brilliant lawyer that finds that loophole and says, well, hey, in this case, the law means this. And so the law isn't quite as plain as you think it should be. And then, you know, the court looks at it and says, well, you know, in this case, I think that brilliant lawyer might be right. And so they say, all right, here's what we got. And so the court rules in favor of the brilliant lawyer's loophole. What happens then is the next brilliant lawyer looks at this and says, well, that's precedent now. That loophole should apply here. And so the loophole gets bigger. Then it happens again and again. And eventually, what ended up being some sort of a minor exception or minor loophole or minor this or minor that turns into a huge debacle. And you have what we have now, which is a situation where our government has moved so far away from the Constitution as it was written and meant to be that we almost don't recognize it, right? Can you imagine a situation where our founding fathers would have been told by the king, hey, you guys have to wear face masks? Uh, why? Well, because we said so. Can you show us the science? No. I mean, these are guys who had a tea party, had riots, threw a fit over a minor tea tax. Can you imagine telling them that they were required to wear a mask? Not that they should because it might help, but that they're required, right? This is absolutely ridiculous. We've totally lost sight of what we were founded, the principles we were founded upon. We have a second amendment. Because our founding fathers were so suspicious of government that they wanted us, if all else failed, to be able to shoot the people and fight for our uh, for our freedom, just like they did in the Revolution. The Second Amendment didn't have anything to do with hunting. I mean, certainly it's implicated, but it's not the not the reason. The reason for the Second Amendment was for the people to have the ultimate defense against tyranny. Now. We have a government that's that's looking at situations where they're talking about passing laws that would prohibit uh, doctors from sharing their opinions on death jabs that are poison, where they would prohibit uh, people from saying whatever it is that some idiot congresswoman feels like might be hate speech. We have laws that they're trying to force that would facilitate people being uh, essentially forced into violating their own religious rights or freedoms or beliefs. This is insanity. This is insanity. We have to take back our government. We have to say no to this. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. 
this woman is freely exercising her religion. It's not complicated. <clears throat> she has simply said that I am not going to do this because I don't feel like it's right. I want to make wedding websites, but in my faith, a wedding can only be between a man and a woman. Okay, fair enough. The cartoonist, the Islamic cartoonist says, no, I'm not going to draw a picture of Muhammad because in my faith, that's a sin. Fair enough. We cannot force people to believe or to act against their conscience. It's not okay. The right to conscience is the most fundamental human right there is. We cannot abridge it. We cannot impact it. We cannot get into it. And even if we make laws, we can't, we can't bar it. We can't shift it, right? How I feel and what I think is right or wrong is between me, my head, and God. It's not, it's not something you can outlaw. You can't outlaw what I think. The only thing you can do is outlaw what I might do based on what I think. But guess what? If I believe something's wrong and you out, you try and force me to do it, you know, then I have two choices. I either fight back or I do what I think is wrong. And there are a lot of people out there who will fight back over doing what they think is wrong. Essentially, we were destabilizing our country. We're destabilizing our nation if we if we allow uh, the the forced uh, action or belief, force uh, forced beliefs, yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, you can't you cannot force religion. You cannot force faith, and you cannot force people to ignore their faith or their religion. So this is a disaster. And it shouldn't be. This should be a very, very simple thing. The fact that this is even in court is amazing to me. Honestly, instead of sanctioning lawyers who are asking about fraudulent elections, what they ought to be doing is sanctioning lawyers who are ignoring the plain language of the First Amendment. Where are the sanctions on that? You know, we see that we see these guys sanctioning lawyers right and left for questioning an election. But I don't see anybody sanctioning these guys who are ignoring the plain language of the Constitution of the United States. Our judicial system needs some work. It's not that we don't have good people there. I don't necessarily believe that all the judges are corrupt. You know, everybody likes to tell me that. All the judges are corrupt. I don't think they're corrupt. I just think they've lost sight. I know a lot of good people, good judges, and you know you get into a certain mode and you look at things a certain way, but they've lost sight of the premise. The premise is our Constitution and our founding. We start from there and everything else flows. I like Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas is a brilliant guy. Clarence Thomas has stood his ground against so much stuff. I love the way he rules. I love the way he writes. And, you know, he, he was so uh, notoriously silent for so many years. And I've really enjoyed in the last couple of years seeing him uh, kind of come out a little bit more on the court and exercise or leverage his position as such a senior member. Uh, I get a boot out of it. The guy's got a very sharp tongue. He's a very bright justice. And uh, he really seems to get that we start with the Constitution. We've got to have that sort of a thing going on in the courts. If we don't have leaders like Thomas in the courts, we're in trouble. So anyways, uh, 
that's enough. I mean, we've got we've got the cake guy, we've got the 301 creative, we got this first amendment, but I just want to bring it up because it's everywhere, right? And you know, by the way, this ties in with kind of part two or something else to think about, which is or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press, right? You can't abridge those either. Also, pretty critical things. We we have completely blown off freedom of speech. What is, uh, let me ask you, what, what is, uh, oh, what's her name, the congresswoman? She is just now pa- trying to pass uh, the anti-hate speech bill. Oh, uh, name is escaping me. But uh, this buffoon congresswoman has legislation that is specifically designed to limit free speech. Anything that she calls hate speech, right? Hate speech. Well, they've called everything hate speech. They've called everything from, uh, you know, the anti-vaxxers are hate speech, even though they're calling us names by saying we're anti-vaxxers. Um, uh, they've said that uh, people, the, the thin blue line flags are hate speech. Everything is hate speech now. So, you know, we've lo- we've got to the point now where we have Congress people pushing legislation to limit free speech. We cannot allow this to happen. All right, so we're going to go from uh, SCOTUS First Amendment. We're going to move on to some other stuff, and uh, I think one of the one of the things that's really interesting because I think this ties in with the free speech and some of the things that are going on is January sixth. You know, January sixth has been very much the prosecution of the January Sixers is more about. Uh, uh, silencing Americans than anything else. The prosecution of the January Sixers, and listen, you got people who are charged with trespassing who are spending just unbelievable amounts of time in jail. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, my producer just joined. Sheila Jackson Lee, I believe, is is the the brilliant congresswoman. Every time she speaks, you you know that you've lost another IQ point. But I believe she's the one promoting the hate speech bill. The pro she's pro censorship. Uh, Sheila Jackson Lee pro censorship. She I believe she's out of Texas, which is shocking. Come on, Texas, it's Texas for God's sakes. I love Texas. Really, you're going to give me that. I mean, you're going to give me, that's when you're, come on, I expect more from Texas. Anyways, um, <clears throat> Ray Epps, Ray Epps, who is not being prosecuted and not being talked about by the feds, probably because he was a fed, or at least it appears to be, uh, led the break-in of the first set of U.S. capital barriers on January 6th. Every day that goes by, this looks more like entrapment. What was J6 about? Well, free speech, right to assemble, First Amendment. What message has has the crooked January 6th committee, led by crooked Pulposi, and uh, uh, our our very, very favorite, Liz Cheney, who uh, is now a former congressperson because she sucked at life, uh, what has this been about? Suppression of speech, suppression of the right to assemble. Is our government sending a message to you that you cannot do this? How was it sent? 
Well, it was sent illegally. It was sent through entrapping people by putting a bunch of feds in there to stoke up a riot or a fake riot and then arresting a bunch of innocent people and making an example out of them. Ladies and gents, it's time that we fight back. It's time that we say no. It's time that we refuse to participate in this. We've got to take a stand. You know, we look to Martin Luther King, peaceful resistance. We've got to, got to, got to follow that example, but we've got to have it. If we do not resist, our nation is lost. And yeah, I just don't know what we're going to do because it is not looking good. I mean, right now we're seeing war games planned for 2025. I mean, you know, they're planning on, hey, let's have a war with China in 2025 because that'll help uh, usher in the Great Reset by 2030. You know, we got the war we're working on in Russia. It's just corruption everywhere. I don't know. Uh, we got to do something with this. But right now, what you need to do is use out loud code at checkout and get yourself a Genesis HOCL. I got mine cranked up right now because I don't want to share any germs. If I got them, I think my children might have already. I should have had it turned on to keep my plague children from sharing it with me. I think I'm fighting the this ravages of this horrible cold. But uh, if you use out loud checkout code, you can get your own HOCL and you won't suffer the same fate. We will be right back with more. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Okay, welcome back for segment number three. Well, 
we talked a little bit about Ray Epps, and uh, like I said, you know, J6 was really about sending a very strong message to our patriots that they can no longer exercise their First Amendment rights. Uh, the courts are getting weaker about ensuring that they're followed. The federal government doesn't want to protect them. It's getting in the way of lies. You know, we can't we can't steal elections if people share the truth about it. We can't murder people with COVID vaccines if people know that all mRNA gene therapy jabs are killer. Yeah, it just we've got to break this down, right? So uh, that's what J six was, and you know, I think that the the fact that we now have video of Ray Epps leading the break in of the first set of U.S. Capitol barriers, and the fact that he is still not being prosecuted or looked at or anything else, uh, that's kind of a big deal to me. It seems like a pretty clear message about what was actually happening there, and I'm not sure what's taken the House Republicans so long to get to this. I mean, it would seem to me to be something that they ought to blow up immediately. But they haven't. They have not in any way, shape, or form. So that's that. Um, a lot of the news right now is really about this, right? Everything that we're seeing in the news, it goes back. And, and we've talked a lot about First Amendment. We've talked about censorship a lot lately. And I started out by saying, let's talk about cupcakes because... Uh, it's it's something different. But the thing is, is it always comes back to what's happening. Our Constitution is under attack. Elon Musk, uh, a nice article in Slay News, and it talks about uh, Musk telling the media to retract their fake stories. Uh, he's He's gone after the uh, the mainstream media for a lot of different stuff. And, you know, we've, talk, we've seen in Twitter files that the media is completely controlled and our government is leveraging their power as, as the government to manipulate what we're seeing and essentially using the media as a state-run propaganda agency. Thank you, Joseph Goebbels. Uh, that's, that's, you know, I mean, it's exactly what saying. And uh, Elon's been talking about the fake bots and the Russian bot story and all this uh, nonsense that came out in the Twitter files. And it's really a shocking thing. The whole Russian disinfo narrative and this, that, and other it appears to be a narrative uh, that was put uh, blamed on the wrong people. I mean, th there was a lot of disinfo, but it was all on the leftists. It was all on big government. It was all part of a censorship scheme, uh, much like J6. You know, and when we look at this, we have to start looking at this in greater context. And this is kind of the big payoff for you guys listening to this whole long show of me ranting. When we look at what's occurring, when we look at what's happening, you have to start asking yourself, is it a conspiracy theory or is it a conspiracy? Now, let me pose this to you. We have a federal government that has actively participated in entrapment and censorship in the, uh, from January 6th that was actively participating in attempts to manipulate conversation, to censor, to control the message, as demonstrated by the Twitter files, by the FOIAs that have shown 
the billion plus dollars that was spent buying off media and influencers to, to push messages. We have a government that is truly at war with the American people. It's all being ran through the DOD, the Department of Defense. And so we only get part of the picture because they are exempt from certain FOIAs. But it appears that there, that our government has turned against us on a lot of levels. The question I have is, why are we not seeing this for the conspiracy it is? This is a large-scale attack on America. World Economic Forum, CCP, you know, we can't even know for sure who's responsible for what or which of these corrupt entities out there were at war at. But what we do know is that it's being ran through and managed from within. It is impossible for you to make the argument given the Twitter files, given the J6, given all the information that we found on COVID, that Fauci lied about everything, that Burks admitted to lying about everything, that all the information that they had going back to, to prior to the, even the release of the jabs, to the fact that we've got grants for research on COVID-19 before COVID-19 was supposed to exist from Ukrainian biolabs, by the way, not to suggest that it was created there. We've got a whistleblower who's talking about it being created in Wuhan with the Eco Health Alliance. But we see all of these different things happening. You got to connect the dots. We've got to get the dots connected. We got to start asking ourselves how much evidence do we need before we start asking, is there really some sort of conspiracy or war against freedom? How many different things are gonna are gonna have to drop? Right? What do you need? What do you need? I mean, the entirety of COVID's been disproven. You know, we can go back to the FDA uh, documents in 2020 that talked about all of the lies that they're telling about the vaccine. They knew they were looking for the myocarditis. They're looking for the pericarditis. They were looking for all these deaths and blood clots and all these different things. They expected that to be a side effect of these jabs. They went on to tell you that they were safe and effective. And at the same time, they use social media, Twitter, Facebook, Google, to cover up the truth so that people couldn't talk about it. They, at the same time, bought the media to not talk about it and to ensure that the reporting was covered up. They threatened doctors. They threatened their license. I mean, this was the largest scam in the history of humanity. Then when you look it's the fact that the same thing and the same playbook was used with J6, with the election in 2020, the election in 2022, what they're trying to do with CBDC, what they're trying to do. I mean, pick your, pick your item. It's just at some point, it looks like a duck. It quacks like a duck. It has a bill and web feet like a duck. It has feathers like a duck. It swims like a duck and flies like a duck. When do we say it's a duck? When are we going to say that there's a duck? When are we going to call this conspiracy theory what it actually is? Truth. There is a large and widespread conspiracy against American freedom and against America. Now, is it all coordinated from the same spot? It's hard to say. Do we know that it's uh, you know all one big thing from one place? Not for sure. 
what do we know? Well, we know that our freedom's being attacked in some sort of a coordinated way. There's plenty of evidence that that's the case. The problem I have is why is nobody interested in this? Right? There's just there's just no interest whatsoever in any of this. None of the mainstream media wants to ask. I wonder why. They've been bought and controlled. The problem is, though, is none of our congressmen are asking these questions. I mean, we're finally starting to see some people. I believe MTG is calling for, you know, hearings on COVID. But guess what? I don't believe she's reached out to Dr. Andrew Huff. I don't know she hasn't reached out to me. I'm not saying that I'm a big enough deal that they should. But I'll tell you one thing. If they do, I'm going to tell them the truth and nothing but the truth. So I don't expect that they will, right? The fact that the Republicans have made almost as much money as the Democrats from Big Pharma, uh, Mitch McConnell and his million-dollar building from Pfizer down in Kentucky, anybody, anybody? You know, I don't know that they're going to. My concern is, is why, when, who? Gates, Bobert, I'm praying for you guys. Please, help us get some truth out on this. Help us get some to the real bottom of it. Any of you guys who are standing up and did what was right when you were forcing McCarthy to do right, are you going to start asking real questions? Are these investigations going to be real, or is it going to be just a sham? More cover for the DOD, right? I mean, within the United States, let's be realistic here. Within the United States, most of what's happening has has been ran through different DOD channels. We know that. I've got the paperwork, right? This isn't speculation. I can just show you. A lot of this fraud and a lot of this corruption is ran through the Department of Defense. Not our soldiers. Our soldiers are good. I'm talking about the crooks in Washington, the crooks that run the DOD, the CIA, the DIA. This is all coming from the same spot. When is someone going to ask about that? When is the CIA going to get hauled before Congress? I haven't seen anything from MTG or anyone else about that. I haven't seen a single congressman talk about the DOD's responsibility in this or role in this. I'm starting to hear this garbage about Pfizer. But you know what? Pfizer didn't do anything every other big pharmaceutical company isn't doing. In terms of, you know, we're seeing a lot of this stuff about Pfizer's gain of function. What, we don't know that? Of course we know that. Let's go back to the DOD funding this, though. Let's go back to the DOD funding the creation of SARS-CoV-2. Let's go back to the DOD's involvement in transferring the technology necessary to do that to an enemy that said that they want to use bioweapons against us. Let's go back to the DOD's money money laundering black book projects that they run all over the place. Let's go to that, right? By the way, we got paperwork on all this stuff. There's a big difference between speculation and things that I can show you, right? America is under attack, and the crooks at the top of the Pentagon are leading the attack. I think one of the most interesting stories that's occurring right now is what they're doing with this Pfizer thing. I mean, if Pfizer's doing gain of function on COVID, no kidding. You think they weren't? Did you think Moderna's not? Or Janssen? This is all a distraction. We know they are. 
So are, you know what? So are almost every big college and a pharmaceutical company on the planet. They're all doing gain of function work. Now we should ask, why is that legal? It's a good question, but they're all doing it. That's not the issue here. The issue is that SARS-CoV-2 was created in a bio lab that's part of a bioweapons development program for China, who's vowed to use bioweapons against us in the United States for years. And it was done with full knowledge of our, of our spies, of our intelligence community, of our DOD. That's the question. All of this other stuff is just to distract from that. We need to focus on the DOD. If we do not focus on that, we cannot root out the core problems in the United States. And by the way, I am more than willing to make the prediction that if we were to get rid of all the corruption in the DOD, CIA, DIA, we would have a lot cleaner elections. How about that one for a prediction, huh? We have some paperwork on it. I, I think that there's some interesting ties and tie-ins there. So, someone asked me today. I said, "Well, boy, you're doing a lot of this media stuff, this radio show, this, that, and the other. Um, you know, I mean, what, why, why are you doing this? I mean, aren't you supposed to be working on lawsuits?" I am working on lawsuits. I'm working on lawsuits as often and as deeply and as frequently as I can. But we just talked about how the court doesn't want to hear certain things. They don't want to make good rulings on the First Amendment. The court is being influenced by the lies that are being propagated by the media, by our DOD, by essentially the propaganda machine of the federal government. Courts don't even realize it largely. I don't think they're fraudulent. I just think that they're ignorant. So the courts are being manipulated. If we don't get the people to wake up, if we the people do not wake up and get things moving and, and fight this fight the right way, we can forget the courts. By the way, the courts aren't going to overturn the PREP Act or the CARES Act, both of which need to be eliminated. The Patriot Act isn't going to go anywhere from the courts. It should be. It's unconstitutional, but they aren't going to. We need a political solution. How do we do that? We, the people. Understand something. I do lawfare. I do law, but I do lawfare. Lawfare includes we, the people, and politics. Yes, there's lawsuits. There will always be lawsuits. Where they're good, where I can file a lawsuit in good faith and uh, you know show the court that there's been an error or a problem, I'm going to do that. Some of these lawsuits necessitate that I educate the public and get them going first. And in a number of instances, we either uh, win this politically or we don't win it because the courts aren't there to overturn and change laws. They don't write law. Okay. They're just making sure that the law is consistent with the Constitution and other laws and interpret it where necessary. So, you know, we've got all of this media that we're doing because if we want to make change, if my job is to facilitate freedom in this country for our future, for our kids, which is what I view my job to be, that's what I'm trying to do every day. That's why I'm doing this show. That's why I'm here. I'm trying to facilitate freedom. If that's my job and if that's our job and if that's our goal, I have to fight on every level and in every way. 
That includes being out in the public. It includes educating the public. It includes politically. It includes in the courts. That's what I'm doing. By the way, please support me at TomRens.com. Join my Substack. Sign up for my newsletter. Buy gold from bh-pm.com. Tell them Tom Ren sent you. Get in your my pillow. Tell them Ren sent you. Uh, you know, <clears throat> go to Naputi. Buy some vitamins from him. Tell them Ren sent you. When you support my sponsors, you support me, and you support my ability to fight. And guess what? You want me to file more lawsuits? If I make enough money, I'll hire a thousand lawyers and I'll file that many lawsuits. Right? I'll go as far as I've got the funding to do. All I care about is fighting. But you got to understand that the fight only occurs when we have the resources to do it. So I do ask you support us at TomRens.com. But I also ask that you understand that the fight has to be more than just a lawsuit. We've got a lot of things. Right now, we're focusing a lot on media. We've got a bunch of lawsuits under development. I have a wonderful surprise. I think everybody's going to be really surprised. My next action that's related to the courts is really going to be a surprising and interesting thing. I don't think anybody's going to expect it, and I know I'm kind of excited about it. So keep your eyes open. I'm working on this one myself. It's nice and quiet. I'm not sharing it with too many people, but it should have quite an impact. Uh, but understand something, friends. We are in this fight for freedom. I don't care how we get there. I don't care who dances in the end zone. What I care about is that we, the people, get our freedom back for our children and for our future. That means that we fight with every tool at our disposal, and we fight tooth and nail with all that we have to the last man stands. We're all going to do that. We're all going to stand together, and I believe that we, the people, will see victory. Till tomorrow, I wish you all the very best. Bye.